Today's Radio AI podcast is worth a listen. I wish I would have listened to it years ago before I had problems. Just because you might be a popular figure on television doesn't mean you are immune from marital problems. Nope. We all suffer at one time or another. Like my buddy says, you can't live with them and you can't kill them. Such a comedian. But this isn't really a laughing matter. Marriage problems and divorce are significant events that sadly happen to many of us. Listen to this story, then hear supportive comments culled from thousands of opinions. After that, we are very pleased to have the man who left a huge void in our lives when he retired, the esteemed and honorable Judgerston. In 2016, my world took a seismic shift. An offer to turn one of my short stories into a book ignited a spark of hope within me, but it also laid bare the fractures in my marriage. As I poured my heart into writing, I found myself yearning for just a bit more support from my husband. Simple tasks like vacuuming or grocery shopping became points of contention, highlighting the growing chasm between us. Amidst the chaos, my husband suggested adding another child to our family. It was a suggestion that left me incredulous. How could he ask me to sacrifice my dream for the sake of expanding our family? The choice suddenly seemed stark. Pursue my ambitions or remain in a marriage that stifled my aspirations. As I grappled with this dilemma, I delved into the reality of divorce rates in the United States. Realizing that the statistics often belie the emotional complexities of marital dissolution, the unequal burden of domestic responsibilities placed upon women, and the societal pressures to maintain marriages at any cost became glaringly apparent. Reflecting on my own experiences and those of other divorced women, I came to understand the profound political and cultural dimensions of divorce. It was not just a personal decision, but a societal commentary on the expectations placed upon women within marriages. Through it all, I found solace in the solidarity of women who had walked similar paths. Their stories of liberation and empowerment spoke volumes about the transformative power of prioritizing self-worth and happiness. In the end, divorce became my liberation. It was a courageous step towards reclaiming my autonomy and pursuing a life that honored my dreams and desires. It wasn't an easy journey, but it was undeniably worth it. Every couple needs to figure out the division of labor that works for them. More importantly, every couple needs to figure out how to support each other. Imagine how different this marriage dynamic would have been if Lenz's ex had been proud of her success as a writer and helped in the home to support her. I believe this dynamic, women who decide being single is better than an inequitable marriage, is the reason fewer Americans are married than in past decades. Now that women on the whole have more education and earning power, you'd think the forces of supply and demand would be an overall benefit to women, and that men would make themselves more attractive to wives and potential wives by being more attentive and equitable, etc. But the reality is that men are doing almost the opposite falling behind women in education, struggling to get a footing in adulthood, and many becoming openly bitter about women. This is a bad situation. It makes men unhappy as well as women. But how are people in media and politics talking about this crisis of men? Mostly as a problem that is the fault of women, or at least should be fixed by women who should marry them. They would rather try Christofascism first. Yes. What strikes me is the number of men who were stunned. Stunned that their marriages ended and their wives were done. Who never saw any warning signs and blame it on their wives. 
Anyone who gets a date with a guy who says, my wife just walked out, or she went crazy bipolar menopausal, didn't know what she wanted, etc., etc. Run. I stared at him in disbelief. My dream was finally within my reach and he wanted me to give it up? It soon became clear. I could be successful or I could be married. Who boy do I feel this? I felt the same way after I went back to work post eight years as a Sam. I'd stumbled into a job that felt good. What I was doing fit like a glove and I knew it would become a passion. My husband was less than thrilled. My mother-in-law basically thought I should stay in the job I already had. The job I had taken just because it was the only one I'd been offered after three months of looking. The one with a verbally abusive co-worker. With this new job came wave of delayed personal growth. My parents had been controlling, so I married a controlling man with a controlling mother. Only after I took this new role did I recognize how confining my life was. The work I was doing was fulfilling. I finally felt like I'd found my stride, but when I asked for some room to become my own person, that request was denied by my husband. No, I wasn't asking for the marriage to be open or anything like that. I was just asking for the freedom to do some things for me. Yes, things in our marriage would have changed substantially, and hubby wasn't having it. We were a unit, and we did everything together or we were nothing. The marriage fell apart as a result. Do I feel guilt? Daily, but I'm in a much better place. My ex, he hasn't changed one iota. My husband of 40 years and I, empty nesters, have just decided to stay married, but we're going to live in separate places. For a day or two, I was stunned, but now I'm incredibly happy, and I can't wait to move into my new place and decorate it like I want and eat when I want and not worry about somebody else. He's much happier too. We're a partners now. Great article that resonated so much with me. My godparents became a partners about 30 years ago, at first, it was awkward to see them together when we knew they lived apart. Now it's just normal. Excellent opinion piece. So many good points in that last paragraph is everything. Wow. So many parts of this well-written piece resonate with my own experience of being happily divorced and regaining myself after an awful marriage to a narcissist. Like the part where Liz mentions that the worst loneliness she felt was when married. Super sad. And so true in my case, too. The household workload after divorce is lighter in my case. Having a sense of coming back to myself, regaining my career, and having much more inner peace was worth the pain of the transition. Yep, I felt a lighter workload too. Hubby now had to bathe and feed the kids half of the time. He figured out pretty quickly just how much of the load I'd been carrying. Yep, the 50-50 split time does more for equality than any other thing on earth. Why must women keep propping up this institution? I wish I would have learned this lesson earlier in my life. Looking back, I was always happier when I was on my own. Older, single, much happier. I am always left wondering when I read these stories. What was he like before marriage, before kids? I don't think many people change drastically after marriage or kids. I think you know who you are marrying. I have an equal marriage, an equal partnership. Not because I trained my husband, but because I find helplessness and selfishness so massively unattractive. What was her ex like when dating? What was living together like? Surely there were signs of this helplessness back then? Amen to this. She married the fool. Don't go blaming the entire institution. I am a man and I initiated the divorce between me and my wife. This woman was not who she portrayed herself to be. 
With three college degrees and plenty of money and homes inherited from her father, she married me, an attorney, for the purpose of living off my salary and enjoying life at my expense. We had two kids. Early on, I asked her why she is not spending any of her dad's money, and she told me that if she spent it, she would have no place to turn if we divorced. So I was called upon to support a rich woman and two kids on my small government salary. She refused to make me a joint owner of any of her property. Yet I had to support her. She also had severe personality problems. She lied about everything and made up stories. I realized she was a narcissist and that I was her supply. To this day, she still gaslights me. The kids are grown but never want to listen to my side of the story. I was a good dad. We ate well and spent weekends living at our different homes. There were good times. Men, beware of the narcissistic woman, especially a covert one. Take time to know the person you are marrying. Today, I am wealthier and wiser than I was when I was married. I will never marry again. It is too costly. When you treat your wife like a single mom, it's not a stretch for her to become one. This excellent article. Your words, so insightful. It is possible to be the lonely one, feeling single in a marriage. I was there, and now that I'm a widow, so enjoying my freedom. Divorced for 32 years. He suggested it in a moment of rage because I was sleeping on the couch to get away from his apnea snoring, which he refused to see a doctor about. I don't snore. He had been no help with the house and kid up till then. So it was actually easier for me to be a single parent because I didn't have the extra work of making lists for him that he didn't do anyway. I am content and have no regrets. But he is miserable and blames me for the divorce to this day. Funny, I was just reading yesterday about how more and more American men no longer want to marry because marriage has become too much of a financial, legal, and emotional risk for them. They're happy to stay single, build their assets quietly, and enjoy their peace. Good. Then it seems like many men and women are wanting the same things. Less conflict that way, yes? I have never felt so lonely as I did in my 19-year marriage. Have been happily divorced for 30 years. Mental illness is often at the root of divorce. That's what you got from this? What? And at the root of marriage as well. Your wisdom? Too extreme. Tons of words which indicate they were never meant to wed or have children together. Would love to ask the kids in 15 years or so if they think their home was actually stable. Love is not mentioned much in this piece. Love can carry you through much worse than poop on the carpet and walls, as well as division of labor. Love is crucial but not the sole requirement. You need respect and empathy as well. I would add that it's not possible to have true love without respect. The writer's husband had none of it. He felt entitled. The children are in a stable situation now. A bad marriage between the parents equals unstable home for children. Love fades quickly when a woman sees that she is doing most of the physical work and all of the emotional work in a marriage, and is still not respected. Some interesting stories indeed. Now let's hear from our favorite family law judge, who has a wealth of experience dealing with divorce. As a retired judge who presided over countless family law cases, I've witnessed firsthand the complexities woven into the fabric of marriage. Each case presented a unique tapestry of emotions, legalities, and societal expectations. Yet amidst the diversity of stories that graced my courtroom, one common thread persisted, the pursuit of equality within marriage. In my years on the bench, I encountered couples grappling with the weight of traditional gender roles, where one partner shouldered the lion's share of domestic responsibilities, while the other pursued career aspirations. These imbalances often simmered beneath the surface, 
fostering resentment and eroding the very foundation of the marital bond. One poignant anecdote that stands out involves a couple, let's call them Sarah and Michael, who appeared before me seeking a divorce. Sarah, a talented writer, yearned to devote herself fully to her craft, but felt shackled by the expectation to manage household duties single-handedly. Michael, while supportive of Sarah's ambitions in theory, struggled to relinquish control over domestic affairs, unknowingly stifling her creative spirit. Their story resonated with me deeply, reminding me of another couple, Mark and Lisa, who faced a similar predicament years prior. Lisa, a budding entrepreneur, found herself at odds with Mark, whose traditional upbringing instilled in him a rigid view of marital roles. Despite their love for each other, the chasm between their aspirations and societal expectations widened, ultimately leading to their separation. Reflecting on these cases, I'm struck by the enduring relevance of gender dynamics in shaping marital harmony. The legal framework may provide a roadmap for dissolution, but true resolution often lies in dismantling antiquated notions of gender roles and embracing equality in all aspects of partnership. As I look back on my career, I'm reminded of the pivotal role judges play in shaping the narrative of marriage and divorce. Beyond adjudicating disputes, we have the power to advocate for change, to champion the cause of equality, and to ensure that every individual is afforded the opportunity to thrive within the sanctity of marriage. In retirement, I continue to carry these lessons with me, advocating for a society where marriage is not a stifling institution, but a beacon of equality and mutual respect. And while the legal anecdotes I've shared are fictitious, their essence reflects the struggles and triumphs of countless couples navigating the complex terrain of modern marriage.